Hey, listen up. We got another episode of Wise Cracks. Featuring the crack man himself, Bill Krakenberger. And our co-host, John Orlando. Straight from Las Vegas. Wise Cracks is your ticket inside the world of sports betting. With tips, picks, special guests, and more. Only on WSN.com. It is draft week here in Las Vegas. I'm here in Vegas, but not Bill Krakenberger. He is back east in Atlantic City. How is this possible, Bill? You're uh, this is the this well, is a huge week. Yeah, this is a huge week for Vegas. Uh, I know the traffic's crazy. I heard people <laughs> wearing their jerseys, going nuts all over the strip. Uh, they're you know fans of the game, and I'm the fans of money. So uh, <laughs> I am on the East Coast at uh, in Atlantic City because. Uh, you know, the sports books here, are, they've had draft stuff up for weeks, if not months. So uh, Monday was the rollout in Vegas on some stuff. But Atlantic City is really the place, uh, New Jersey in general, to where the DraftKings and FanDuel's and, uh, you know, different sports books, the Caesars of the world, which have a lot of a lot. You know, DraftKings really was the probably the leader for me right now. Uh, FanDuel coming in second. So there, but there's a lot of stuff they both offer. So. Yeah, That's why I'm here. All right, very good. Uh, we've got a fun show today. We've got Rob Pozzola coming on. Uh, he's known as Bobby Pizza. Uh, many people may know him from Twitter, and he's also the host of his own podcast, uh, and he's also one of the owners of BetStamp. So we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. Looking forward to that. Uh, baseball, cool. my Dodgers are off to a good start, Bill. They've, they've lost uh, two in a row, though, uh, which is a little yeah, upsetting. Yeah, that means nothing. Though. Two they're, in a row to Arizona, they're... though, the cellar dwellers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That's the reason why you can't lay, you know, two and a half to one on games. You have to win, you know. So let's say you bet them twice. You're laying, you know, over over five to one. You're laying. You have to win five games just to get back your money. It's yeah. very difficult betting big favorites in baseball. So. Now I will say this about my Dodgers, Bill. I know I don't think you're a big fan of this strategy, but you remember for the last couple of years I, I keep saying Dodgers minus one and a half is the way to go because they're such big favorites. Usually, every game they've won this year. They've covered that right. spread. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That, I uh, haven't listen. bet a dime on it though. Uh, <laughs> you can't you can't lay the two and a half or three to one, but maybe you could lay the one and a half on certain situational plays. I have done it. I've laid the one and a half this year. Yeah, really? Certain games. Not the Dodgers, but other other games I did. Yes, okay. I did play um one and a half on a couple games, and I've actually taken one and a half on a on a game, a game or two, but Oh. Um, I mostly stick to the money line, though. But sometimes I do the run lines, sure. Now, there's an interesting thing in the notes here. Uh, you know, this is the first year that we have the universal DH uh, in both yep. leagues. Uh, and it's not leading to high-scoring games as we thought. And I want to say you predicted this uh, a month or two ago. Well, it's in, it's in the uh, – it's kind of in the lines now, too. You know, there was a big thing that came out last week about the ball being a different ball. And uh, it wasn't due to weather or anything. And it, it was a lower, there's lower games are actually games are scoring less, but it's out there now. The bookmakers know about it now. It's in the line already. So I wouldn't put too much stock and think about, uh, you know, oh my God, look at this. It's a uh, eight and a half on this total. And it, it, you know, it really, it really should be eight. And the bookmakers know about it already. So uh, don't, don't really put too much stock in, in, in what you're hearing about these totals. So um yeah, uh, NBA playoffs here in, in full swing. I did not – yesterday was a big slam dunk. It was unbelievable watching it. I seen it, but I'm not really interested in, in watching NBA games. I, I just don't do it. Um, I do bet on some NBA totals. I don't bet on a lot of NBA sides. 
Um, I'm, I'm not real uh, into NBA. Baseball, I like a lot better. That's where I grew up with baseball and boxing. Um, NBA, even though it's playoff time, it's just it's not my kind of thing. Uh, but I do know that like five or six teams definitely can win it all. The Nets just got swept. Everyone was upset about that. They had all these stars and a lot of talent that just couldn't gel together, I guess. So NFL draft is uh, starts Thursday night. That's what I'm kind of looking for. Yeah, and Bill, I, I was on the strip on the Bellagio water uh, fountain on the on that lake in front of the Bellagio. They have built a red carpet. It looks amazing. Like that's where the players are going to be walking down. It, they really did take uh, this draft. You know, it was supposed to be here in 2020, right? And then we had COVID. Yep. So uh, yep. this has been a huge anticipation of the draft coming to Vegas. And I, I didn't obviously. You know, I know the draft is a big deal. Uh, I didn't realize how big they would go on the production side of what they do here. I mean, they must have spent millions of dollars. Uh, oh on yeah, the, on yeah, the production this is of a this. big thing, John. Yeah, this was really a pretty cool thing for Vegas, and and they this is a big rollout, big time weekend. Uh, this this will be fun for a lot of the fans, and it's fun for the the, the, the teams, the guys that are actually being drafted. It's really a spectacular once-in-a-lifetime event there in Las Vegas, and I hope it continues. So this should be fun. Listen, there's hundreds of analysts, and I, uh, we're going to talk about this with Rob. There's so many people that are coming up with these mock drafts. You, you can't count them. I'll tell you right now. It's probably better for someone like me when all these people are talking because people are betting to the market with bad information. I mean, there's only, like, a, there's only a couple guys uh, two or three guys that I really respect that's doing these draft props. So uh, these draft, these mock mock draft. Um, I should yeah, it's really props. It's, it's it's that's what it is. We bet it for the proposition bets of over under on each player is the more popular thing. Um, something I would actually recommend more than betting into something like uh, who who will this team take first? They're all that that's such a juicy market compared to over under which. Will, will will you know a player go in the in the draft? So let's say for example you want to pick a player that's under over five and a half. Well, if you bet under, if he's drafted the first five players, you win. If he's bet, if you bet the over over six or more, obviously you you win. Are the so, lines um, on those all minus one ten? One and they should be, but there's probably one fifteen each way okay. during the draft. Yeah, but some of the sports books do have one ten, uh, which I do appreciate. Listen, uh, this is a special time of the year for us. Crack wins went 16 and four uh, over the last three seasons, giving out these props. It's all about information. And um, we're going to keep that run going. I have some, I give out some great plays to my guys so far. Information that's amazing. I went over like 28 and a half on somebody, minus 130. He's up to, I seen up to 30, it's up to over 30 and a half, minus 150, or over 29 and a half, minus two to one. So we're giving out some great information. And those lines were all available. Um, the last two years, like the number one pick, of course, was, I mean, everyone kind of knew before the draft even became, uh, official that, you know, Trevor Lawrence was going to be number one, Joe Burrow. I mean, you kind of knew, but you just, you don't want to lay 20 to one or some ridiculous prices. So, um, things are much more up in the air this year, actually a little bit, making it the value of a professional's advice like myself, probably even, you know, higher to, you know, more crucial during the draft. Um, there's no off-field event I like betting. That's all I could say. Uh, <laughs> more than the draft, I like saying that. You know, off-field really. Uh, there's, like I said, there's there's so many different uh, ways to bet things. Um, uh, for example, 
I bet the corner from L- LSU, I think LSU, um, I gave him out under like the top 10 um, means if he gets picked one to 10, you'll win. Now that that's another mark. Now you can, I actually would give him out under 10 and a half also that was out there at the beginning, meaning I guess he gets picked in the first 10. But now I see there's the two big sports books here have, will someone get picked in the top 10? So I actually picked that LSU uh, Stingley under 10 also means if he gets picked one to one, one to 10, you win. Um, like I said, the position props are the same. Um, who will be like the first linebacker taken? There, there is some that I actually like that I will go into that market of like, even though it's a heavily juice market, because I really feel that I followed some beat writers that write about their team, um, which way they're going to go. And, and they know because they follow the team exclusively. Uh, so I, I did pick one or two of them, but the point is, John, I, I always look about taking advantage over the books. There's just literally a thousand prop bets available. At some of these sports books, they just can't have sharp numbers on everyone. Information I get is key. And I, I just hate to say that I probably am one of the people that sharpen up the sports books. Cause when I bet a thousand or 2000 bucks on something, which I'm actually getting down on one of the books, they move the line because they're getting better information from me than they can get on their own. So that's it. Those of you listening and watching, I don't know what you are waiting for. Go download the Crack Wins app. Are you listening to this guy? He's 16 and four over the last three seasons with a draft. That is a lot of money you just put in people's pockets over the last three years just on the draft. We're not even talking about NBA, golf, and Major League Baseball, NFL, hockey, NASCAR. I mean, really, guys, I know I say it every week, uh, week in and week out. Uh, obviously, we talk about it because it's his it's cracks thing. But I mean, I don't know what you guys are waiting for. Download that app today. It's on Apple. It's on Google Play. Go to crackwins.com. It's silly. You're missing out on all this money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. Thanks for the little plug there. Yeah, we, we are. Uh, we're on a roll again. We're, you know, baseball, golf. Uh, had some great weeks in golf. Jesus. And uh, this draft's going to be very big, very big, very good for us, too. Um, Exciting. Let's talk about. Now let's go over to our WSN, yeah. WSN.com. Uh, you know, the reason why I'm actually bringing that up so quick, I can't tell you how many people in the last week I've actually told to go to WSN for because they're they're looking to bet and they're DMing me on Twitter and they're adding me to a tweet and they're looking to bet and want to know where it's legal to bet or is their state legal. I get questions like, Bill, I live in, you know, such and such an area, like, you know, whatever it may be, a state, um, Maine. And I want to, I'm in New Jersey. Am I allowed to bet? Of course you can bet. Just go give your ID. As long as you're in the state boundaries in New Jersey, it doesn't matter where you live, show an ID, open up an account, uh, cash out before you go back to Maine or whatever you're going back to. But um, yeah, you you could bet. So WSN.com, follow that for the greatest bonuses. They have state-by-state bonuses. I don't know anyone else that does that. So uh, they also have like, No, sorry. Sorry. I was gonna say, I didn't mean to cut you off. I have a funny story. I have a friend that periodically tells me, I love wisecracks. I'm loving wisecracks. I listen, I watch, you know, for the last two years, he's telling me that. And then last week, literally he says, Hey, I I was thinking about opening up an online uh, betting account. Where should I go? And I go, dude, clearly you haven't been listening to to wisecracks because you would know WSN.com and you'd be getting bonuses everywhere. So I I busted him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's cool. cool. Yeah, WSN.com, go there, get your bonuses. They have unique bonuses that are unique to WSN. That's why they haven't negotiated such great bonuses for you guys. 
compared to other sites or where you can even find the actual site itself. I've seen, I went to a site itself and seen a better voters on WSM for, because I was like, wait a minute, I compared side by side. Like, how can they have done this? They have negotiated. It's almost like when you go to a hotel site, sometimes you go to one of these other sites like Priceline or something and you get a different price. That's a better price sometimes. It's the same thing with WSN. That's a good draws a good parallel to, in my brain. So uh, not only the bonuses, though, the articles, the unique articles that are every week added on WSN.com, the articles on gambling, on different things that uh, you can learn to gain edges over the sports books. Then there's also the state guides showing you what's going on with the states and the state of the state of the state of each state going, getting legalized, getting uh, legal business, legal gambling business in your area. So WSN.com for all your gambling needs. All right, Bill, very excited about our guest today. He's one of the actual successful sports bettors like yourself. Uh, not only that, he's also successful in the sports gambling business, uh, aside from just betting. He's the co-owner of BetStamp, which we'll talk about, uh, and he's also the host of his own podcast called Circles Off. Welcome, Rob Pozzola, a.k.a. Bobby Pizza, to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> Bobby Pizza, I love it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Bob, you know, it's funny, John. Yesterday I was in Staten Island. I sent you guys uh, some pizza videos. Yeah. Uh, from, you know, just pizza is so much different here than it is in Vegas. And probably where Rob is. I'm sure there's some good. Hey, Rob, you got, this is off, off subject. Do you have any good pizza up there? You're in Toronto, right? We do. So the the one great thing about being in Toronto is very multicultural city, right? You can eat whatever you want at any point, but. Uh, I live in a very Italian uh, neighborhood, an Italian part of the city, which is nice. So I could get a great slice uh, anytime. It's it would be very, most comparable to the New York style pizzas here. Um, yep. I mean, don't even get me started on Chicago deep dish. I don't even really <laughs> consider that a, a, a pizza whatsoever. But yeah, lots of great right. options around here, which is great. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, John, start out. Yeah. Uh, so Rob, I'm always fascinated by people that make a living sports betting. Um, for reasons you wouldn't think, it's the it's the how much the sports betting business has changed and sports betting. You know, back when I was growing up, it was frowned upon. Right, you were a degenerate. Uh, you know, you you weren't respected. Uh, now, uh, guys like you and Bill Krakenberger, you know, you guys are like rock stars, man, because everyone wants that inside info that you have. I'm wondering, um, do you remember your first bet that you ever made, and at what point? Did you realize, hey, uh, I can make a living doing this? Uh, first bet I ever made, I don't remember, but I, I remember specifically how I got started in betting. So I was betting in high school uh, and I went to a class one day and this was a year, it was an NHL season. I don't remember specifically what year, uh, but the Detroit Red Wings finished first in the conference. They played the eight seed, which was the Anaheim Ducks and the Ducks ended up sweeping them. And one of my friends had been betting the Ducks in every single game in that series and won a ton of money. So he's like, hey, Rob, like you watch all sorts of sports, not just hockey. You watch football, baseball, basketball. You should be able to make a killing betting on sports. So that's when I first got my accounts with a, a local PPH agent. Um, I was like, you know, my mid-teens and started betting uh, horribly for a, a very, very long time. Uh, and, you know, up until really about five or six years ago, I was pretty much a coin flipper. I was always looking at, you know, trying to find an edge in some capacity. Uh, but sometimes you let your passion of sports just like overwhelm you in a sense. And and there there's like a 
uh, a natural ego, I guess, with the sports better where, you know, I watch sports, I should be able to beat it, but it's just not as simple as that. And you really have to, you know, take a step back and refine things. So I don't remember my first bet, but I remember that's what got me started uh, in betting. And it's kind of just been like this progressive road since. And I just really consumed as much valuable information as I possibly could. And that's what allowed me to take the next step. I love it. I love what you said there. You actually said some things that our viewers should pick up on. The ego of sports bettors and, and, and people do. They think they could just beat this game, Rob, because they watched, uh, they grew up on Kobe and Shaq and now LeBron and Durant. They just think, oh my God, if these kids grew up on ESPN thinking they could beat this game. And it is so hard to beat, not just talking about NBA, NFL, the most popular sport here in the States, one of the most hardest to beat if you're betting NFL sides. I, I literally challenge people every year to, you know, to, 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 to beat the game and with so many selections at the end. I only know one or two guys that can win in the NFL. Um, and, and I don't even want to bet it. I'd rather bet something like, I'd rather bet NFL props. I'd rather bet, you know, team totals, uh, first halves, uh, maybe some live wagering. I think there's a much bigger edge there than anything else in, you can bet on an NFL side. So that's really good that you said that. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with NFL, so I, I bet major market NFL sides and totals, but I completely get what you're saying because the volume is much lower. Uh, but on the you know other side of things, you can get a much bigger bet, right? Um, so for me, if I, I'm able to get a, a bunch of money down on a side in total, I'd be much more content with that than grinding out props, losing accounts and things of that nature. But it's to each their own. I mean, uh, every, you know, what my friends bet is very different than what I bet and what other pro bettors bet. And I think everybody carves out their own process and things that work for them and what they are good at. And you just kind of stick to that. So for me, I prefer the major market side of NFL. Uh, I do okay. hear a lot of people all the time of like, you know, I would book anyone betting major market uh, NFL stuff. And and I get it. It's not an easy thing to beat. And you could do everything right and still lose in the long run because, you know, you might only get down 100 plays over the course of an entire year. It's a very small sample. But um, I've been lucky enough where that's where I've been able to, to find one of my edges. Uh, and I do prefer it just because I'm not getting limited in certain spots. Uh, I can do stuff to, to disguise action and so on and so forth. That allows me to keep accounts uh, alive a lot longer and to be able to get down what I want to get down on the games. For the, for the people watching and listening, what Rob is actually saying is uh, on, on the props, he's right. The props, I can't tell you how many accounts I have lost because I was, I'm betting props. Recently, I, I, I went eight and one in the NASCAR week. And literally got thrown out of two accounts for the big max they gave me of 250 per play. So for less than two grand, here I am losing an account that I've had for and cultivated and, and made look good by betting on Sundays and stuff the whole season. I just lost it in one week because of a couple of little $250 props. So Rob's absolutely correct. Um, the sports gambling world has changed uh, so much the last three years. Now everyone has picks, everyone has plays. Twitter's full of people that are you know under anonymity and fake names and change uh, everyone knows i'm a big fan of transparency and even though i have I'm in, I'm in that line of business the crack wins business i am so transparent on there every week i have a full write-up with wins and losses i can never ever not be transparent because someone would come after me so I i'm real big on that uh, on my crack win stuff so tell us about fetch stamp though why you started it what it is how important it is to for transparency in the industry. Uh, tell the guests what tell the I mean tell the, the people what you uh, what you have here. 
Right. So I did not found Betstamp. Uh, I joined in. Oh, okay. I'm, a minor, I'm a minority co-owner of Betstamp as of a year ago. Um, but essentially, I ended up buying into the business because this was a utility that I was using on a daily basis. Uh, plain and simple, I like to practice what I preach. I think that's very important in this industry. Uh, and I found myself regularly using Betstamp. I said, how can I get involved in this? And there's a couple aspects that I really like about Betstamp. Uh, for one, I think it's the best odds aggregator on the market. Um, and it's very simple for a, a casual or recreational better to use. Uh, if someone wants to bet on an NBA playoff game, they quickly pull up the app and the app is going to tell them wh whatever they side they want to bet, where they should bet it. Basically, who has the best line in market? And I think that this is a concept that the average better just doesn't understand price sensitivity, right? But it's one of the most important things to be a successful better in the long run is just getting the best price available to you. And when you really simplify it like that, I think it's just a great utility where uh, I can promote it. I can market it however I want. I'm not really ruining or hurting my edge in any capacity because this is just something that um, I mean, everyone should be doing in, in one way, shape or form. And then from the transparency side of things, um, you know, I gave out picks for several years on Twitter. This was prior to me becoming a, a professional better. At this point, it would kind of, you know, hurt me to be able to, to post that stuff publicly. But I was always big on um, giving everybody the tools to decide whether they wanted to, you know, fade me or tail me or whatever they wanted to do. Just be very open upfront with my record keeping. Uh, in terms of units, ROI, closing line value. So that's someone who found me out of the blue could decide what they want to do. And as you mentioned, Crack, we're seeing an industry now where nobody does this anymore. Uh, and it's becoming very polluted and dangerous in a sense. Like, you know, this, this, there's problem gaming components that come into play here um, where somebody will just find someone who marketed themselves really well and think that this person is a long-term winner. And the reality is that they're not. And they'll go down a very bad stretch just following this person's plays when they might as well just be flipping a coin. So what Betstamp allows people to do is keep a verified public record. So essentially what the app does and what our technology does is anytime someone logs a play within Betstamp, let's say, you know, heat minus three at DraftKings, our app will verify that that line actually exists at DraftKings at the time that someone is logging it and will mark it as a verified play. So you don't get people spoofing their records by, uh, you know, taking a half point on anything that they bet. And in the long run, what any of our users can do is go to someone's public profile and actually evaluate how they are doing overall. And this is not about whether people win or lose. It's just about giving, uh, you know, a pick buyer or even someone who just wants to tail someone else's picks the ability to do it in a way where they can not be subjected to somebody's marketing efforts or anything along that those lines and they can actually see a verified play history wow this is uh this is something uh, i have to admit it i, I heard of that stamp and i when i went to uh your profile i seen you were a, a co-owner like you said and this is something that really interests me now so I, i'm gonna look into this and get into this myself that's great rob uh john what do you have Man, Bill, just listening to Rob, you guys are is so in alignment with just how you feel about the business when you talk about transparency and, and things of that nature. Um, so Rob, I have a, a two-part question for you. One is, you know, I, I've been doing this show now with Bill for, I think, about two years now, uh, and I've learned so much about sports betting. So I just want a tip from you. Uh, aside from bankroll management, what would you say is one of the most common mistakes that the, the newbies, the new sports bettors make? That's first question. Second question is, 
what's going on behind you? Uh, I'm assuming that it's just being framed. Where's the cowboy jersey? Come on. Yes, great point. So I'll start with that one. I'm actually a Cowboys fan myself oh, as well. Okay. So, uh, oh, so no, John, John's a big one. Right. Yeah. So we do not have a Cowboys jersey in this studio. We do have some other ones alongside me. I, I Usually I sit on the other side where there's a nice Andrew Luck jersey and a J.J. Watt jersey, but that's a good point. Um, all, all the people I work with hate the Cowboys, so it would be uh, very difficult for me to get one up in here. But, um, in terms of, uh, of a common mistake that, that – uh, like a, a noob tends to make in the sports betting industry, it's betting at one sports book. I think that's the mm. most common mistake that someone makes. Like if you start with your starting bankroll of a thousand dollars, you're better off depositing into five sports books at 200 bucks a pop rather than one sports book at $1,000 a pop, because that way you can at least shop lines amongst different sports books and always get yourself a better price. Like essentially by opening up more sports book accounts and I'm not like, you know, Betstamp is an affiliate. This is how we make money. I'm very transparent about it. For me, I want everybody to open up as many sports book accounts as possible, but this is because I actually do the same thing. Like I bet at literally every sports book that I possibly can because you can cut down that VIG so much, right? If you're betting at one book, you're betting minus 110 on, on NFL sides. Okay, now if you're betting at five different books, you might cut that VIG in half. You might be able to get minus 102 on a side instead of minus 110, and that drastically reduces the rate that you have to win at in order to be profitable. So I think that's the most common mistake. People deposit into one book. They continue to bet there. I would say spread your money around as much as you're comfortable with, but by shopping different lines, you're more likely to win in the long run. That's great. That's exactly what I talk about, right, John? It sounds like me about getting different books. You have to. Uh, Rob hit on it exactly. You absolutely cannot. I don't know. I, I mean, a pro can because they're, they're, if they're an originator. It's so difficult to win money just having one option. Like when when I grew up, you know, in the, in the 90s betting, you had like a, your local guy. You had one guy. You know, you, it, it's beatable. Yeah, but it's much more beatable at a higher percentage of having more outs. So absolutely, Rob is, is spot on with that. Um so, so all, you know, I, I really uh, always preach that having more outs. And there's so many bonuses now to be acquired with these new uh, books and jurisdictions. Uh, we, we talk about that all the time, Robert. It's really good. So yeah. um, I'll, go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I'm going to say like exactly like bonusing. Bonus hunting is a big thing, right? Like there's so much competition in the space right now that these sports books are competing for your action. So they're going to offer you bigger bonuses and you can take advantage of that. That's just a, a very easy way to grow a bankroll, even using free bets on big underdogs and things of that nature to try to grow your bankroll at the beginning. And I think the common thing that like the, the people who were in the space might say, well, why would I deposit with this sports book? They're going to limit me, right? Uh, they're going to so on and so forth. You know, I, I don't bet you know, I bet large amounts of money. I bet a lot of it offshore because there are sports books that will give me a very large bet. But the vast majority of people are not betting the amount of money that I'm betting on games. Like if you look at a recreational better who's betting $20 a game, $50 a game, sometimes even less than that, the risk of being limited is very low for that player. So why not spread it out? I mean, sure, you might get limited at a points bet or a DraftKings or any of the regulated books, but the reality is it'll probably take a long time for that to happen because as a recreational better, you're not betting enough that's really going to cause the sports book to not want to take your action anymore. So anyone who's a detractor of the space or says, you know, don't do that because these sports books have a pension to limit you, 
Yeah, that's true. But for the vast majority of people, that's not even a problem. That's a great point. The, the average bet in this country is under $100. So uh, this is, it's really for the majority. And I, somehow get, I sometimes get caught up in that, too. I'll talk about being limited. Well, of course, I'm limited because I'm looking to bet as much money out as I can on certain things. So um, you're, you're right. The average better, like you said, and someone for 50 bucks, it's going to take you. You're probably never going to get limited. You're probably never going to get limited to the things you see on Twitter or, or you hear about. So um, absolutely. Rob, what do you think is your your currently your your best sport? What do you think your your best sport that you get uh, the best ROI? Uh, or, or are you betting the NFL draft? Is that something you're really betting? You're coming up with yourself? Are you betting that stuff? Or you're you're actually originating more of other sports? So I'd say my bread and butter are NFL and NHL, and used to be Major League Baseball. And then I really noticed over the years that my edge was eroding over time. Uh, I think the biggest part of that was that. Um, when I first started betting MLB was probably five or six years ago when I actually had a real edge and I would wake up in the morning when pinnacle used to take circles off and, and limits used to go up and I'd have all sorts of action. I could bet 10, 12, I'd have edges on 10, 12, uh, different plays in the morning over time. Uh, the overnight market started to really catch up. You, you get a lot more sharp action early on overnight, knocking lines into place, uh, before limits go up. And it kind of just killed the edge over time. I'd wake up in the morning, I'd maybe have one or two plays. The volume just wasn't there. I still have pretty high volume in NHL. I think there's not a lot of people who are focused on that market. Um, you know, Crack, you talked at the beginning about how uh, NFL is very difficult to beat. Every time I tell people I bet on NHL for a living, they're always like, I never heard of anyone who beats the NHL in the long run. So I hope that that continues and people still think that that's the case. But personally, it's been successful for me for many years. Uh, NFL, like I said, full markets, but I, I'm just very passionate about the NFL overall. So I will bet the draft, for example. Um, you know, I, I notice there's all sorts of stuff out there. Um, everyone has an opinion on the draft now, right? Everyone's doing a mock draft. Everyone's throwing out draft bets. That's actually good for the business because the vast majority of people, um, they're falling victim to, I would say, you know, fake news, as, as Donald Trump would say uh, back in the sure. day where there's just so much reporting from beat writers, stuff from teams that where most of it is just complete fluff. And uh, what I like to do is just personally, like I, I essentially like a bookmaker would do with any sort of better that's betting into them. I like to profile beat writers and I like to profile um, GMs and coaches of teams and historically whether or not they've been accurate or whether they've been honest in things that they say publicly. So there are certain teams out there like the Steelers, for example, uh, which that franchise, whenever something has come out of their front office, historically, it's been pretty honest. I mean, uh, whereas there's other other teams out there that they just kind of float rumors out there, try to, you know, blow up, get people completely off of their sense. So I do like the NFL draft disappointed in the market uh, this year relative to past years. We're starting to see a lot of shops now offer a ton of stuff. But it took a really long time for a lot of these books to open up uh, draft market, market props this year. So uh, I'm into it. I'll have uh, a ton at stake uh, Thursday night when this draft starts. But um, anything NFL related is something that I'd be very interested in. Uh, Rob, you know, it's funny. I flew here. I live in Las Vegas. I flew to New Jersey because last year, I'll just be blunt. They gave me ridiculous limits. Uh, FanDuel was giving me two and $3,000 a prop at the window. Um, DraftKings, same thing. I flew here thinking I was going to have, uh, I think it was going to be last year, but there's so much fear in the books 
because of the stuff that's out there. But you brought up a good point. There is so many mock drafts out there by people who think they're good. It's better for us because there's only a couple. There's probably two, maybe three guys that I really focus on that's giving out these draft props. And and and, and it's not King or anything. I mean, you know, this is people go by a lot of people on. It's great that it's out there. Let me tell you something. The books are costing themselves money for not putting the draft props up, waiting till Wednesday today, because all these people on Twitter and people that follow these mock draft props will be betting into a market that has literally some of these futures have 20, 20, 30, 35% hold. I was uh, looking at some and they're costing themselves money because of the fear behind the desk of some of the traders. Now, some of the other ones are not. I am betting right now a couple thousand a play on every play and going right through, shocking me at one of the sports books here. Um, but nothing like last year. William Hill uh, over, over at Bergata, uh, right the counters at Bally's, which is FanDuel uh, Resorts, which is DraftKings. I mean, I couldn't have enough money last year. I really couldn't. And I brought a healthy six figures with me, and I could not have enough money with me for, for these sports books. So very good points. Um, you know, um, now you said something about circles off there with, with Pinnacle um, back in the day. I don't know if you know, I, I actually used to work um, at, at Pinnacle in the 90s in Curacao. Um, I hate, I really hated going there, but I used to go there a couple of times uh, here and there. And um, we used to get overnight plays from these kids for $25. And they were from the Washington, D.C. area. The, the, back then, Pinnacle was a betting shop. It was started by uh, one guy that took on the partners that were the computer group. This is all public knowledge now. Mm-hmm. And it was funny how the one guy, he just passed away, unfortunately. But he used to take these $25 bets and he used to hold the line and rebet Hong Kong in the NBA markets for literally twenty-five to 50000 a play off of someone betting $25. So it just, when you said circles, I remember that it just, it buzzed back to my. I'm, I'm probably a little bit older than you, obviously. It, it, I, I was back. I started betting really like '93, '94. Matter of fact, my first place I played was um, Gary Bowman's offshore in England. Mm-hmm. I sent five hundred dollars to, and the other one was in Jamaica, yeah. uh, English sports betting in Jamaica. That was my first spot, and they doubled my deposit. So I literally had five hundred dollars in two spots, and they made it a thousand in two spots. I was like, "Wow, this is a win already!" and the deposit bonuses got crazy where they were matching them up to 10,000 in some places, late nineties, early two thousands. It was an unbelievable time for the, the betting markets there where now we're seeing that resurgence the last couple of years, maybe not to that point, unless you have a VIP host, we're seeing that back in, in the markets here in the United States. So going back to circles off, you said that and it reminded me of something. You have a podcast, um, your, your podcast, I believe it's called circles off. What does that mean? Tell us about it. What's going on with the pod? Yeah, circles off. We, we listen. I mean, we were looking for a unique, unique name for a sports podcast, right? Like the reality is that every sports betting podcast name has kind of been used. Um, that wasn't the first name we came up with. We said we got to do something that no one has done before, and it just kind of came to me when I was betting NHL in the mornings that you know we're constantly talking in a chat about waiting for circles to come off. Circles off, and it naturally work. Now, unfortunately, the new Pinnacle rollout, they don't actually even have the circles anymore. So it's kind of like an outdated name. They've gone to like this bet slip where it all it shows you what the max bet is at the time rather than actually a visual of the circles. But uh, for people that don't know, what Pinnacle used to do is have 
these red circles next to a game. And what that would mean was that the limits were a little bit smaller and you would wait in the morning for those red circles to disappear or to go to blue circles or whatever. That was an indicator that the limits had been increased. And then you'd see uh, the market go nuts. And this especially happens for baseball as well, which is another sport where people are competing in the morning, NBA, so on and so forth. So uh, it was more so just trying to come up with a unique name. Um, and I think we accomplished that because we do get questions about it all the time. Where do we find that? Where do we find that, Rob? Where can we listen to your podcast? Yeah, so you can basically find it anywhere that you would consume your podcast. But we we cool. basically, um, I mean, Apple, uh, iTunes, I should say, Spotify are the two big ones. We do it. It's a vodcast now uh, as well. We do record video. So if anyone wants to check out the weekly video, we post those Thursdays, 4 p.m. Eastern time. And that goes to YouTube uh, under the bet stamp, um, uh, under the bet stamp handle. Perfect, perfect. Well, good. John, you have anything else for our man, Rob, here? Man, this was great. I'm uh, I'm anxiously yeah. awaiting for the Cowboys jersey to go up. But other than that, this was fantastic. <laughs> and thank you for coming on great. Wisecracks today. Rob, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Fun time. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Bill, Bobby Pizza was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I can't yeah. believe how much – I mean, you guys are in complete agreement with your philosophy – when it comes to sports betting, online gaming, everything. I'm so glad we had him. I, I, it's hard to get a lot of really good, smart, analytical-driven, winning sports bettors on a podcast to talk. So uh, really happy and blessed that he was on today. So again, thank you to Bobby. Yeah, well, man, this this show flew by. Uh, when are you back in town? Yeah. Do you know when? When are you coming back? Are you coming back? When the money <laughs> when the when the money runs out. <laughs> All right, very good. I'll be back. I'll be back next week. I'll be in studio with you next week. Awesome! I look forward to it. And uh, good luck with the draft. And uh, I think I might have to hop on uh, Crack Wins and uh, place a little get a little action on the draft. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys.